You're listening to the Social Selling Simplified Podcast. Stick around if you too are obsessed with learning things that actually work and believe that success leaves clues. We're all about identifying results-producing roadmaps and getting super clear on how to scale and grow your online business. From part-timer to president, social selling expert Ashley Shaw will help you connect the dots and take the guesswork out of what works to grow a social selling empire. It's time to hear from social selling legends, listen in on truthful conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks to reduce the marketing overwhelm so you can build the social selling business of your dreams. If you're ready to go all in, no holding back, and build the business you've always wanted, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, social selling guru, and fitness industry OG, Ashley Shaw. Welcome to Social Selling Simplified. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw. On today's episode of Social Selling Simplified, I'm doing something really different than anything that you have heard in the past. Today, I am going to dive in to all things about how I have worked to get myself at my best performance and what things I'm into now, aka microdosing and talking a little bit more about how I have found it impacting my day-to-day work and just what I think of it overall. So let's first start with talking about the usual things I think many entrepreneurs face, many mothers, many people trying to do multiple things. I come from a very heavy sales and marketing background where it was super high pressure all the time. And actually through a bunch of meditations I've done recently and an amazing post by the, I think she's called the Holistic Therapist on Instagram. I will make sure to link her account in the show notes here. I came across this post and it was just, it stopped me. And I probably read it over 20 times trying to get really clear on what it was and how to take that concept and extrapolate it. The post was something along the lines of talking about how as children, we download obviously what our parents do and their coping mechanisms. But if they're missing something in their coping mechanisms, whether it's emotional regulation, whether it's coping skills or something along that sort, we take that on as adults. And then when we can't deal with something that we haven't been equipped with the skills with, it manifests itself as control. Like we try to control something. And if we don't know how to navigate it in the world, it can manifest itself as fear. I read this quote. Again, I'm going to make sure it's linked in the show notes so that you guys can read it because I think it changed my life the moment I read that. And the reason that I'm going down this deep rabbit hole is because when I read that and I thought about, okay, what are the things that I try to control in my life? Well, I've always tried to control food intake and making sure I'm eating a very specific way, like beyond the point of healthy. I remember always being on a diet, right? So something that, you know, it's one thing to always be eating healthy and and getting in lots of greens and veggies and complex carbs, all that sort of stuff. But it's another to be always on a diet, right? So that's one form of control. The other would be exercise. Like if I don't exercise, 
I feel guilty that I haven't done it. So again, that's another form of control. So these are all the things that for me, there's other things too, but those are just the two that instantly connected and made sense and came to mind. So we are trying to control these things that as we were growing up as children, we did not know exactly how to deal with them in the real world because we might've seen something or experienced something in our childhood that did not teach us how to emotionally regulate or cope with that thing properly. So therefore we try to control it because we, it's almost like we can't trust ourselves to operate in the, in the real world. So I had read this quote and thought about these couple of things. The other thing that came to mind for me was as a child, I always had felt that I had to perform. So that is usually where I got attention. You know, there were four of us children in the family. So it's a lot of, you know, competing for attention as a kid. And, you know, when I got great marks, sure, that's one thing. But I had a sister that was always getting great marks, like perfect marks all the time. So that's sort of, yeah, it's hard to compete for attention there. That's probably not gonna, not really gonna happen. I did always feel that my entrepreneurial spirit was something that my parents looked at and was like, oh, like, you're great at this. The same with writing. That was another thing that I always felt I received praise for. When it came to being competitive and placing worth on how I am performing, whether it be at work or in business, like I have a very deep attachment to how my business is doing to how I actually feel, which looking at that, it's a form of control and a very unhealthy one because when you're performing, at your job, you're hitting your sales goals or in your business, you're doing better than last year, you're hitting all your sales goals, then of course you're going to feel great. But when that is not happening, when you are experiencing uh, some turbulence in those areas, like you're going to feel like shit. And so this is where it becomes, I remember a mentor of mine saying, you know, you are in one seat at the dinner table, your business is in another, you have to separate you are not your business. And this has been one learning lesson for me. This year has been just a year of learning and learning how to cope with this. Because when your performance is so tied to who you think you are as a person, it's like nothing can turn that around until your performance turns around in some way. And the other thing that of course goes through my mind is I do not want to pass this on to my daughter that she starts to believe she's only as good as, you know, in the sales and fitness industry, it was like, you were really only as good as your last month. So all this performance pressure, and then a whole month, if you didn't perform well, and you know, you didn't hit your goals, you felt like crap the whole month, like not a great way to live. And for me, in all honesty, not something I've broken since I left the fitness industry. I've brought those same values into our day-to-day business as it is right now. And after reading that Instagram post, it really hit me that this is something that I want to change and I want to do differently. When we talk about wanting to change these beliefs and things that are going on inside of us, usually we're operating without consciousness of it. It's like, think of your body as a computer system. There's all these processes and things going on in the background that you don't even know when you're looking at a window on your computer, right? There's all these things going on in the background. Those for us are all those 
childhood learned beliefs and learned behaviors and way that we react to things. It's all programmed deep inside. When you feel yourself coming to the point of, I need to control this, and you have this sudden realization, it's about going back and asking, why? Why do I feel this need or sense to control this? And for some people, it is a little bit easier. I've done a ton of therapy in my life. So for me, I'm used to this thinking back to a time when I felt this way and being able to make those connections. I think when you are somebody that maybe hasn't had as much experience there, it can feel a little bit harder at first, but I always find journaling and doing some writing about why do I feel this way? It sort of gets you out of your head and onto paper. It's just a different experience. You have to change up your routines if you want to be able to stir some different things in your body. So I definitely recommend journaling that stuff up and thinking about it just a little bit differently than you normally would. So I'm going to give you guys one other example, and then we're going to talk about microdosing. The other example I have for you is I have a deep need to please people, like make sure that everyone's happy. And this comes from, it's also a sense of control, right? Because what you're doing is you are essentially saying, I want to control this other person's opinion of me. Again, not healthy. You can't control how other people feel. And you start to go beyond your own boundaries. Well, you're basically, you don't have boundaries if you're willing to do whatever it takes to make that person happy. So you're constantly trampling over these, I guess, non-existent boundaries, but boundaries that should exist to make yourself feel respected and that you're aligned and that you're showing up for yourself and respecting those boundaries. Now, I definitely think that this is something that is also related to our childhood. Like, did you observe your family having boundaries? Like one boundary example would be not talking about work at the dinner table or not talking about work between these times of the day. Like that would be an example of a boundary. When it comes to this one about specifically being a people pleaser, for me, I looked back and there was this section of my childhood when I went from grade eight to grade nine, where I was like a happy, you know, go lucky kid and, you know, popular, had lots of friends. And then something changed in the grade nine sort of waters. And I started getting bullied and I had a really good friend that committed suicide. And it was like all these things together really made me feel out of control. And so this was a pinnacle moment for me that really shaped me now as an adult, where when it comes to pleasing others, like when you're bullied as a kid, or any time in your life, like you just want to be nice to people, like overly nice so that you don't have to deal with the repercussions of that. And I just did not have the skills to be able to deal with it at that point in time. I was somebody that, you know, I told the school, I, my parents were aware of it, but I didn't feel like I had the skills to know how exactly to deal with it to actually move forward and feel like it was resolved. It always felt like I was walking on eggshells. Here we are. I'm a 36-year-old adult. I'm doing the exact same things because that's what happens, right? We fall back into those areas that those things and those skills that we learn as kids. So this was like a huge aha moment for me because 
when you can put your finger on those things, it's like, okay, I know why I'm doing this. Now as an adult, what are the skills that I need to learn to ensure that that doesn't keep happening? Like now I can take myself out of that place that, you know, I didn't have anybody that was able to properly deal with the situation. And we had a lot of stuff going on at that age as any kid in grade nine does, but there was nobody that could go to bat for me or help me understand how to deal with it properly. Being in the place I am now as an adult, I can review that and look back on, okay, I'm not in that place anymore, but how do I create these skills to cope? Like what if somebody does fly off the handle or What if somebody isn't happy and doesn't like me because of an interaction that we have? Am I going to be okay with that? And the truth is, as an adult, I've really learned to limit my contact with people that do not add a positive vibration into my life. It's just, there's enough things out there in this world that are negative, including, you know, watching the news. It has an impact on how you feel after you watch the news. Social media is another one. If you're just scrolling social media and comparing yourself to other people, comparing to their highlight reel, that's going to have an impact on you. So there's already enough of these things that we have to navigate. On top of that, our system and our body is, we are set up to look for danger. Naturally, a negative event has much more of an impact on us than a positive event because we're always looking to be protected and safe. There's a lot of stuff going on in the background in our operating system that already predispositions us to be negative. Having negative people in your life or people that are not in an abundance mindset, they only see the scarcity. They only see what they're losing or what people are trying to take from them. And that's what they feel like all the time. That's going to have an impact on you. For me, reevaluating this situation, it has become much easier to let go of I'm not going to try to please everyone because it's just not possible. There are certain things that, yeah, I want to be fair and integral and all of those things, but I am not going to not say something because I'm worried that that person may not like me anymore. I don't know. What do you guys think? Have you ever had uh, an experience like this? Or does this, looking at what you're trying to control, does it ring any bells for you of like, yep, that reminds me of this. This is what's going on. That really helped. Well, the summary of this for me is that it has caused anxiety because I'm, you know, when you're constantly dealing with these situations, your body just goes back into its operating system and is in this fight or flight response. So it can be difficult to be, you know, day to day, not in fight or flight if you are having these control and fear-based issues coming up for you consistently. So I had been chatting. We had a Christmas party a week back there and chatting with one of our friends that is a doctor. And she had been talking a little bit about microdosing. And now if you don't know what microdosing is, what microdosing is, it's basically taking a one-tenth of a dose of, you know, some people take magic mushrooms, some take There's other variations out there of what people may take LSD. These are just things I've read on the internet. If you want to fact check this stuff, totally make sure to go and do your due diligence. I am just going to teach you what I learned in a couple hour session on Google last night. That is 
the definition of microdosing. Like you're taking a very, very small amount that is said, and everyone is going to be different, is said to have a certain impact, uh, but not put you into psychedelic, you know, tripping out or that sort of idea. So I was very intrigued by this because I've got a couple of friends that have been talking about it, but it wasn't something that I always felt comfortable with until speaking to, you know, a professional that has actually tried it for herself and had a specific company she could recommend. Cause I don't know where people grow magic mushrooms. If it's in like a dirty old bathtub, like these are ideas that my husband put into my head that it may not be safe unless you're getting it from somewhere specific that you know the history of and those sort of things. I decided at this holiday party that I should order some. And there are a couple of different variations of these psychedelics. So there are three different kinds that this Hey Ciro company offers. One's called Viewmaster, one's called Lightbright, and I believe the other one's called Connect Six. So these are all like old school names of games back in the time frame that these products would be uh, marketed for. So that's where all the names come from. So the one here is called Viewmaster. This one is Focus and Energy. This is what Viewmaster is known for. You can learn more about Viewmaster at www.heyzero.com. So that is one option here. And what I thought was interesting is that in the other active ingredients beside psilocybin is there's also, I thought there was CBD in one of these here. No, it's not this one. Uh, Red ginseng, ginkgo loco. How do you say that? (laughs) You guys know what I mean, right? Ginkgo. That's what's in that one. I can't say that word. I'm not even going to try. The next one in Light Bright is this one is created to support your mood, made for relaxation and to uplift your spirit. And so this was the one. Oh, this is the one that had CBD. So it helps support mood. So a couple of different options. And there's one other one I didn't order, but they come in 150 milligrams and then 100 milligrams. And so In the beginning of this, like, you know, what's great about this company is it comes with instructions of how to get your dosage right. You're not taking this every day. You're more so taking it maybe five days a week with the weekends off or every other day. So it is something that you customize. And the general rule is to take off two days per week so that you avoid building a tolerance for it. With figuring out your own dose, you can, people also can mix them, right? If one of them is about focus and energy and one of them was created to support your mood, you can mix those together. But obviously with anything like this, you want to test out your dosage and make sure that you're not, you know, it's better to take too little than too much, obviously, right? I tried the Viewmaster, which was 150 MGs as well as the, uh, I took that first and I waited six hours and then I tried one of the light brights. And so here's the actual, where the rubber hits the road here. How does it feel when you're microdosing and what are some of the impacts that you may feel? Hey, social sellers, I've got something I'm super stoked to get in your hands. First, did you join your company and start reaching out to all your friends and family only to get ghosted over and over? If you've ever had to chase someone down on the internet, you know it's super hard work and it can feel so awkward. And not just awkward for you, but most of the time, the person on the receiving end gets put in an uncomfortable position too. I hate to break it to you, but unless you're a superstar salesperson, right off the bat, you're going to struggle forever if you keep doing it that way. 
There's a reason they say you can't be a profit in your own town. And that's why 99% of social sellers quit. But those 1% made it because they've caught on to a different system that's been proven to work. No one really seems to talk about it, which is why I decided to lay it all out for you in a brand new, easy to read book called Celebrity Magnetism. Go to ashleyshaw.ca slash celebrity magnetism to learn more and see what I'm talking about. You don't have to hunt people down to get your bills paid for the rest of your life. Check out my short book called Celebrity Magnetism and break down an entirely different approach that will simplify everything. That's ashleyshaw.ca slash celebrity magnetism. I'm so excited for you to start implementing it and see your business transform. Some of the things for me that I've noticed yesterday, I had like a surge of energy. It just felt like a little bit more flow than usual. Like, and I had taken the uh, one for focus and energy first. So it made me feel a little bit more mellow than usual with that bit of energy. And, you know, usually like I could go to bed at like eight o'clock. I usually try to hold on to like nine 30 or 10, but I was like feeling really good. Then I had taken a light bright, which is the one to support your mood. And it definitely still feel the, this glow and this flow. That's the best way to describe it. I don't feel impaired in any aspect. It's just more of a light calm. Cause normally I feel quite anxious unless I have a certain way that I start my day. And I, it's almost like some days my to-do list is so big that I'm almost like, I can feel defeated before I even start and get into it. And I can tell you that I don't feel any of that intensity today. I guess that's the best way to describe it. Usually for me is intensity. If you have ever been interested, sorry, if you can hear Coco in the background there, she has mastered this. Every time she goes on the potty, we have a training session on, she has this little book. It's called, I think it's called Baby Faces, uh, one of the indestructible books. And that is the one that she has recently mastered. So if you could hear that, that is her mastering her silly face. But yeah, if you've ever been curious about what this is all about and the impacts that it may have, then hopefully this episode was a kind of a view behind the curtain if it's been something that you have been considering. Now, the other thing I think is interesting is with having a few drinks and things like that, like that's something for me that like I can easily have wine and that sort of thing. And I really would like to be living a little bit healthier because that stuff never makes me feel great if I have too much like anyone, of course. But it's just something that I really felt great when I did the 75 hard. And so this is just something that is just a little bit different, but I could definitely see myself doing more of this and being able to cut back on the drinking side of things, which is, yeah, it's an important goal for me in 2022 to, I want to live healthier and I want to feel great. And I think if you haven't done the 75 hard, it's an interesting way to see how you really feel with that, you know, 75 days of not drinking, drinking enough water, working out each day, doing your development and doing all those things. So yeah, so hopefully this episode was an interesting sneak peek for you guys. I really appreciate you guys listening to the show and we'll definitely make sure there's a coupon code that we will include in the show notes if you guys want to try. Hey, Ciro, uh, they've got 
yeah, a couple of different things where you can actually get $12 off. So we'll throw that in the show notes for you as well. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time on Social Selling Simplified. Thanks for taking the time to level up today. If you're ready to commit to personal and professional growth, move forward, make money and grow your health and fitness business, head to my free community on Facebook, Business Bootcamp for Fitness Coaches, so I can support you every step along the way. Thank you so much for tuning in today and we'll see you right back here next week on Social Selling Simplified.